BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot podcast, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. From celebrity interviews to in-depth coverage of what's poppin' in film, TV, books, Broadway, music, and the internet, the Parting Shot podcast is your one-stop shop for everything pop culture. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. If you're one of the millions of people who binge the first season of Netflix's Bridgerton, you'll understand me when I say that the show is, well, steamy. It's everything I wanted Downton Abbey to be. A period drama, sure, but maybe with a peek behind the curtain of their sex lives. Sorry, Dowager Countess, I had to use the word sex there. Well, Bridgerton is coming back to Netflix for a second season on Friday, March 25th, and this new season promises to be just as exciting as the first season. The second season builds on the story from the first season, but tells a new angle of the court, which frankly brings a whole new set of energy to the show. An exciting part of the new season is the love triangle between Anthony Bridgerton, played by Jonathan Bailey, Edwina Sharma, played by Sharitra Chandran, and Edwina's sister Kate, played by Simone Ashley. I recently chatted with Simone Ashley, who is probably best known for her work on Netflix's Sex Education, about the new season and her character. Dearest reader, it has been said that competition is an opportunity for us to rise before our greatest of challenges. This is the season the Viscount intends to find a wife. (laughs) You honestly just did that? I believe I did. Your Majesty, may I present... Miss Kate Sharma and Edwina Sharma. Only hope they like me. All you have to do this evening is remember what it is you're looking for. Someone charming. And handsome, of course. So Bridgerton is like so hotly anticipated. I mean, it's one of those shows. I can I'm not an actor, but I can imagine coming onto a show like Bridgerton with so hotly anticipated, that would cause me so much anxiety so much pressure. I would be, I would be a stressful mess. I mean, I already am, but like, I would be a stressful mess. What was it like? I mean, were you nervous at all to take on the role of Kate Sharma? So I think very normally I I would have all of those feelings. I think, um, I mean, I, like every other artist, I've spent so many hours of my life waiting for the phone to ring, waiting to land a role, just having the patience, all of that. And then, um, you know, getting just like one thing and being so, um, so um, it like, it means so much to you. Yeah. And I mean, and, but Bridgerton fell in my lap at a very weird time in my life. Like A, it was the pandemic. B, I, half of my life was in LA and I was in London and I was couch surfing in London and I was a bit like, where am I going to be? It was like, life was nuts. And I was filming Sex Ed season three in Wales. I didn't have my feet on the ground. I was really like, what is, 
what am I going to do when I rap on sex ed and this other job I was on? And then Bridgerton came, like, I didn't even have a TV. Like, I didn't even have like a, a furnished apartment where I could sit down and be like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about. I was just always on the move. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was one of those shows where I got the job and by next week we were in it. We were in wig fittings. We were in um, rehearsals. So if I'm honest, I didn't get a moment to process any of that. Yeah. And I, I don't tend to go on social media too much. So when it all blew up, I wasn't, it sounds so weird that I'm even saying this. Cause now, obviously when I look at my phone, I'm like, wow. Like, and I look everywhere. Like I realized the scale of the show, but you know, I think another thing was, Maybe it was stuff that I was going through in my life at the time, but I really resonated with the character reading the script and the love story. And me and Johnny Bailey have amazing chemistry and working chemistry together. And we, we got on so well that it felt very easy. I felt very lucky to walk into that role and to that job. She's such a great character. Such a great character. She really is. Like, I feel very lucky. Yeah. I think there's, there could have been, you know, uh, yeah, I just feel incredibly lucky. It's wild to me that you were like couch surfing and then all of a sudden you're on literally the biggest show in the world. Well, I remember I, like my dog and my furniture was in LA and then I was couch surfing in London. I was finishing on sex ed and I remember being like, I just need one thing. I just need whatever it is, a commercial. I'll do anything. I just need one thing because I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, uh, And the world brings you everything. <laughs> literally fell in my lap. It was really weird. That's um, awesome, though. That's so and I, Yeah. It's actually weird saying it out loud now because I obviously don't sit around thinking about that all the time. I try and just do the work. But yeah. It blew me away. I mean, even thinking about, so like, I, you know, I've read a lot that uh, the details of the second season is very sort of like under wraps, which is for the best because it's a Shonda Rhyme show and we always want to be shocked by Shonda. But it's been reported that like a lot of the second season is sort of told from the female gaze, specifically you and your character and how that sort of impacts the storytelling of the second season. I wanted to know if you could maybe sort of expand a little bit on that and t- give us, I mean, whatever you can tell us about this new season and your character, please do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I've never really spoken about that before, but I guess one thing that comes up, um, obviously Bridgerton's known for um, its intimacy scene. It's intimate scene. Is Romantic word. steamy scene. Steam yeah. Scene. It's sex scenes. And, yes. um, <laughs> but you know, season two, it's, it's quite different to season one, um, but that's kind of moving off topic. Um, when we were um, rehearsing these sex scenes, we had an amazing intimacy coordinator called Lizzie, and she was like, it's really important for us to portray um, the woman um, receiving and experiencing pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, it's such a small detail, but it makes such a massive impact. And then actually, and then I was talking to Julia Quinn and Johnny and I, about like this whole, we're we're telling the story from the female gaze and I started to understand it and realize it more. And I guess, yeah, it is about what women want. It's about what, what we fall in love with, what, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, gosh, you kind of put me on the spot with that one. Really, <laughs> so, I, it's it. so interesting, though. It's so interesting. It's really interesting. Um, I think, yeah, because I, I have seen more of the show now. And I, I see what, what people are coming from when they say that, for sure. I think, but that well, that's what Julia Quinn kind of did with these amazing novels, is it's all told from the female's point of view. And that's kind of rare. And yeah. it's new and it's but it's it's always been there. So yeah, I guess for me it was just like articulating what we've all felt the whole time. <laughs> definitely. No, definitely. Yeah. And Julia Quinn, I mean, the novels, what I think is so interesting, and what I don't think a lot of people maybe realize going into second season is that while it's still the same Bridgerton, it's still like it's not like we're wildly going into the future or something with Bridgerton. It's told from a different character's point of view the second season, correct? And it sort of goes in not a different direction, but a, a different take on the Bridgerton that we came to know and love from season one. I wonder if you could maybe explain that a little bit, because I feel like some people probably don't know the trajectory of how the show's going. Sure. So, I mean, each season is based on a different sibling. There's, um, gosh, six, seven Bridgerton siblings. Oh my God. I, I can't believe I'm guessing that. I Once you get past five, does it really matter? There's just exactly. so many. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, each child matters. <laughs> and um, each season is based on a different siblings um, kind of coming out into the marriage market um, in the 18th century mm-hmm. and finding love. And um, so, for example, season one um, was based on the Duke and I, which is um, Daphne and Simon's story. And then it moves on to the next sibling in the Bridgerton household, which is Anthony Bridgerton, um, who's the Viscount. And it's about his backstory and him finding his match. And um, you learn more about the family. What's so amazing about the show is it really is a ripple effect. And even though it's about each different sibling as a unit of the Bridgertons, you, you learn more and more about their family. And they just grow stronger together. So I can only imagine by like the end of all the seasons, gosh, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had superpowers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this is <laughs> the creation get. of the new Marvel universe. This the Bridgerton exactly. universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I can't wait for a Netflix to have a theme park and there's a Bridgerton part of the theme park. How <laughs> that would be probably inappropriate. Um, (laughs) one thing that I think is also sort of exciting about this is, I mean, period pieces are period pieces. And of course the UK is known for their amazing period pieces, but this period piece is on a scale, like not many other period pieces in terms of budget, in terms of what you have access to, in terms of Netflix. And of course it's just, it's just a huge scale. What did you enjoy sort of the, cause you've never really, I looked at your, your just sort of resume. You've never really done like a proper period piece like this before did you enjoy sort of the pomp and circumstance of like the time period and did you hate the corsets or did you even have to wear a corset yeah I had to wear a corset Mm. yeah I didn't I didn't hate them I mean sure like after like a 12-hour day you when you take it off you feel amazing but I think that's with any I think women have that with bras even now but I it doesn't I didn't hate them I thought they were beautiful actually um and we had an amazing um, costume designer, Sophie, and an incredible costume department. And especially looking back now at the images and the footage, it was such a privilege to be wearing such amazing dresses and costumes. 
Um, I mean, the course that you learn a lot about how what women went through at that time and how it um, influenced their their lives, mm-hmm. I guess, and their posture and everything and their behavior. Um, but um, no, I've, I've never been in a period drama before. So I was really lucky. I got to horse ride and um, horse tra- do like horse riding training and um, dance rehearsals for ballroom dancing. Um, you know, it's just, and it's such beautiful language. Yeah. Um, and it's a fairy tale, you know, it's a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and even though there were, there's, you know, dramatic stakes and the scandal in all of the Shondland universe, it was, you know, beautiful. It was, it was just, yeah, I just felt very lucky. Yeah. I am, I, 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 yeah, you're right. I've never done a period drama before. And I, I just feel very lucky that my first one got to be the most colorful romantic one, like as of yet. So yeah. Yeah. it's definitely, it's definitely a big one to start one. You started with a bang for sure. The, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I think is so interesting about, I mean, considering the production is that, it was done during COVID and with a production this big, with that big of a cast, with that epic of a story, a production like that must have been, the, the process must have been very intense. What was it like? Because you were filming Sex Ed also under COVID, but I mean, that's a different type of show. What was it like filming Bridgerton during COVID and those protocols? Um, I think... Um, the, the, the whole entertainment industry, I think we're incredibly privileged to have been having access to go to work as much as we have been throughout this whole pandemic. And I, I think, um, I think as a production, we were very mindful of that and, you know, to have perspective on that. Yes, it may have been a bit more restrictive socially for us to socialize and maybe do things we would have done normally if there wasn't a pandemic, but the fact that we were filming when certain people might have been in lockdown or certain industries or people were struggling, you know, it, it was an, it was a very privileged position to be in. And I'm, um, yeah, I, I don't take that for granted. And I don't think anyone in the cast took that for granted. Yeah. It was kind of a, a bit of, it was, um, uh, it was a, a certainly an obstacle at times, but yeah. It wasn't that how it was for everyone, no matter what industry yeah. you're in. Um, so yeah, just re- I think we were all just very grateful and we just all kept um, positive. And yeah. it actually, if anything, I don't know, because I didn't do season one, but I had this experience on sex ed. It, it brought us a little bit closer because mm. you couldn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. like go... Um, I mean, we, we did every now and then, but you, you didn't have access to go and socialize as much as you did because we had to keep filming. The other thing that I think is is so interesting about Bridgerton is that it's so like I talked to recently talked to Audra McDonald uh, and she's in the Gilded Age. And we talked about sort of the lack of diversity in period pieces. And Bridgerton certainly led the way in terms of diversifying sort of original storytelling, new storytelling about in a period drama. And you don't see that oftentimes, a truly diverse, authentically diverse period piece. How does the second season sort of continue that story? I mean, it, it continues it because I think, well, that's what Bridgerton is. It's, um, it's kind of in a world of its own. 
and it's inclusive. And I think what's so powerful about Bridgerton is it includes actors of all from from all different kinds of backgrounds, and it's not so heavily commented on. Yeah, I think in season one um, there was an acknowledgement of um, certain characters' backgrounds. Let's let's say mm-hmm. um, there's an iconic scene between Adua and Brigitte um, Jean Page between their characters, which was incredibly important, I think, for them to include. But I think what's so wonderful about the show is it's it's inclusive, but it's not, it doesn't dehumanize anyone. It's yeah. all about real people, um, a part of this world um, with real problems and feelings that we can, anyone can relate to. I'd like to think that at Chandelins, they kind of believe in um, people, <sighs> For, like as an Indian woman, for example, like I, I want to be seen for my talent. I don't want to be seen for the color of my skin. And I, I, I felt that they understood that. And that's kind of what they put into the show. Um, so, yeah, I mean, season two, Chris Van Dusen had an incredible idea of um, making sure there was diversity in his writer's room. And that one idea then kind of brought me onto his set um, because we had um, Geetika, who is... Um, of Indian descent. And she came up to Chris and said, look, why don't we make the leading actress um, Indian? Why don't we make this character an Indian character? I think it would be an amazing idea. And Chris and her had discussions about it and he was like, sure. And then they were auditioning Indian girls. So yeah, it's, um, I think it just goes to show um, in Hollywood and film TV and the whole industry, and um, if you are a showrunner or a producer or a writer, how just having that idea, how how much of a difference it makes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Th- thanks to Shonda and Julia Quinn in a lot of ways for I mean, I read that they changed. I mean, they changed the character's name from the books to the to the show to reflect you and your background, which I think is it must have been so affirming for you just to be able to have that instead of, you know, them looking for a character that matches exactly what the book's told, mm. they found the, the perfect actress for the role and matched the role to that actress, which I think must have been really affirming. Yeah, it was great. It was really, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I, um, I'm really excited for people to watch it. For yeah, sure. I'm really excited to watch it. I, I'm, just, I'm, I, I'm so eager to see how it goes and where it goes. And I started reading the books, too, because, you know, I'm not, that's, not even, that's not even the type of person I am. I don't I wouldn't read <laughs> that type of book. But then I was like, I need to get into this. Amazing. This, what book are you on? I'm on this. I'm on the second one. Yours. Are you? Yeah. So it's, nice. it's 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 steamy. It's very steamy. It's very steamy. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Lovely to speak with you. Hey, thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot podcast. If you liked what you just heard and you got this far, so I really hope you did, please leave a little rating and review and share it on social media. You can also follow me at HL and Scott on everything. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all social platforms. Stick around tomorrow for my big Oscar episode. I'll be talking about all the potential winners and losers and exciting records that could be broken Sunday night when the Oscars air on ABC. You can also follow along on Sunday as I live blog the Oscars for Newsweek at Newsweek.com. Until then, grab a snack, watch something fun, and have a great day. Newsweek.